This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. We are in week three of our series called Write It Down. So get out your note paper that is on your seat. It should have been on your seat when you came in this morning. Um, there's pens in the seat pocket in front of you. If you don't happen to have a pen, our ushers will have extra. So if you don't have either of those items, please lift up your hand. The idea of the series is that you will write some stuff down. I know that we get very used to writing things or not writing things, typing things in our phone or our devices. Um, but it is actually different when we use a pen and paper. Um, it's been proven scientifically for us that it actually affects us differently when we write some things down. When we write things down, it uh, helps us to retain ideas better, and it stimulates our long-term memory. Um, when we write some things down, I know many people journal. They write you know, about their life and things going on. And when we journal, it helps us to understand our thoughts and feelings better. Uh, here's another thing. When you write things down, it helps boost your productivity. So this is good for all employees and employers to have a to-do list that you not only have on your computer, but that you would write some things down. It actually makes um, a different impression on you. And then also there's been uh, a study done that when we write things down, um, conceptual application is better and easier when you write some things down. So that's the purpose of this series. Uh, the first week, actually, the things that we chose to talk about writing down was things from our past. Maybe things from our past that has been holding us back uh, or things in our future that we were maybe nervous or anxious about. I had you write those things down, and a lot of people left them up here at the front of the stage. Or I mentioned maybe you could go home and throw it out or burn it, whatever the case may be. Uh, but the idea is that we were writing those fears and those things down for our past so that we would say goodbye to them. And then last week, we talked about living from vision, living from the place of vision, understanding the things that God is speaking to our heart, just like we sang about this morning, um, understanding that God wants us to live from this place of vision, being intentional about life, not just going through life haphazardly and dealing with problems and, you know, just here's an issue that comes up and then I deal with it. And there's another problem comes up and I deal with that. And here's a deal and I got to fix that issue. Um, and it doesn't mean that when we live from vision that we're not going to have to fix problems or deal with issues. But sometimes if we don't have a vision, that's all our life seems to be. I'm just responding to problems. This comes up and I deal with it. But when we live from vision, we know where we're going. We're intentional about life. And I mentioned some very specific areas um, in our life where we need to have a vision for. So if you missed um, any of those messages last week, we talked a little bit too about understanding what the voice of God is to us. So if you missed either of those messages, you can catch up online uh, at our website through our podcast. And then also you can hear all of our messages through our church app. Um, so today we are continuing on. And uh, before we talk about what we're going to talk about this morning, let's turn to Habakkuk chapter 2. Verse 1, one of the minor prophets here in the Old Testament, and it says this, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower to look out and to see what he will say to me. I want to see, I want to know what God is speaking to me. This is what the prophet is saying. 
um, and what I will answer concerning my complaint. The Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still, the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. So the prophet starts out with this desire. I want to know what God is saying to me. I want to see what the will of God is for me. And then God answers, write it down. Write it down so what? So that you can run, that you can move your life in the direction of God's vision for you. And this is why I encourage you, um, you know, to, to take notes on a Sunday, not because I'm speaking, but our expectation as we pray for you during the week. We're expecting God to be speaking things to your heart all the way through the service. And so we want you to write those things down so you know what they are. And then what? We're going to move towards those things. We're going to run towards the vision that God has for us. So what I'm going to have you to write down today, we're going to talk about people today. Do you love people? Okay, I didn't get any response there. Do you love people? The greatest experiences that we have in life are with people. The memories that are so indelibly imprinted on our minds that we can remember those things that we have. And and we never would say about those things, well, I was alone. If you do have a very specific memory, as soon as you had that experience, you know, you texted somebody, you called them and told them. Or it's one of the stories that you tell to people. Because the greatest experiences that we have in life are with these wonderful, messed up other humans on the earth. Just great, wonderful experience. And then the flip side of that, the hardest, most difficult moments that we have in life are with people. The most painful moments that we can think about in life, the the struggles that we can remember, the frustrations that we have about our past that we talked about a couple weeks ago, those are relating to people. So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about who is it that's in your life that God wants you to love? Now, I'm just going to help all husbands out right quick before we get any further down the road. Your mom is not first on the list, okay, husbands? Your wife goes on the top of this list. So what we're going to do today, we're going to have like a running list of people that God wants us to love. So if you're married this morning, just helping you out, your spouse goes at the top of the list, stars around it, hearts, glitter if you have it, highlighters, whatever you need to do that we're talking this morning about the people that God wants us to love. Why do we need to talk about this idea that God wants us to love people? Very famous portion of scripture, John chapter three, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 14 says, for Christ's love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all and those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. That we're not living for ourselves, that we're actually living for God. That we're living to follow Jesus. And why was Jesus sent? 
Jesus was sent because God loves the world. Now, the world there is talking about people. And as I asked you at the beginning, do you love people? You know, it's a very broad stroke. Yeah, yeah, I love people. But what we want to do on our list today, what I want you to write down is some very specific people, some names. We're going to write down some names on our list that are specific to you. So it doesn't, there's no point in trying to cheat on your neighbor this morning. Look at their list. It doesn't matter. Their list doesn't matter. Some very specific people that God has placed here on the earth so that you can love them. For God so loved the world. And we are compelled by God's love that you need to see that your mission in life is to love the people on this list that we're going to populate today. How will people know if God loves them unless we love them? God wants to have his love moving through you and me to the people in our lives. Poured out his love. He gave us his love by his spirit. So we need to be intentional. We need to have a vision for who God wants us to love. So I mentioned there, you know, if you're married, your spouse is there at the top of the list. Uh, you know, if you are single and, and you're happy being single, praise God, awesome for that. But if you are sing, single and you want to be married, so girls, you can put husband, guys, you can put wife. Now don't put a name there. Don't, I'm, I'm praying for this person. No, don't put their name on the list. Just wait and see. Now, when we think about this person in our future, once again, we're talking about vision. If you have a vision for your spouse, now a lot of times it's very easy for us to think about, well, here's what I want my spouse to be. Who, here's what I want them to look like. And here's the type of job that I want them to have. But a greater thing to think about is this person who you're not married to yet, that you're dreaming about, that you have a vision for. What a better thing to think about is how am I going to love this person? And then for those of us, that are married, that that name there is at the top of our list. It should be in the top left corner. That God has given us a mission in life as married people to love this person. To love this person like Christ loves the church. It's a mission. You're on a mission from God to love this person. To figure out ways for us to love them. Now, so we got our list, and so we, we, we talked about a few things there. And then, you know, if you have children, and even if they're toddlers or teenagers, you still need to put them on the list. That God wants you to love your children. These are kind of no-brainers. And then if you think, you know, if you have a really big family, you just might want to, you know, put family on there unless you want to do the full list, whatever. That's great. Now, when we think about, we start to see this list, we start to discover who, to whom God has, has placed us in close proximity to. God has placed us within a certain family and within a certain group of people in different places, you know, in our families, in our neighborhoods, on the job, at our church, that God wants us to love the people in our lives. Why? Uh, because he loves them and he cares about them and he sent Jesus to die for them. 
so that we would see this as a big part of the purpose of our lives, that we get to follow God, to know his love, but then to love others. Now, when we think about love, love is all about sacrifice. Love is about sacrificing your time and your effort and your intention and your resources for the people that God has placed in your life, for this list of people that you've started to write down. God wants you to sacrifice for them. Now, it's very easy to think, before we go any further, it's very easy to think, yeah, everybody on this list needs to sacrifice for me. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about you sacrificing for them. Sacrificing who you are, what you have, what you do for the people on your list. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 says this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. There's a really great warning there at the end. See, what can happen to us is that the people on this list, we can bite and devour each other. Why? Because we know them. We know what's wrong with them. The people closest to us on this list, we know all of their issues. We know all of their shortcomings. Their idiosyncrasies drive us crazy sometimes. But that is also true of you and me. So what are we supposed to do? We, we take the freedom that we have and we just, we, do, we just don't think about ourselves. We talked about this at the end last week that a godly vision includes other people. So if we're free in Christ, we don't just think about ourselves. What are we going to do? I'm going to serve people humbly in love. This is my purpose. This is my mission. God has placed me here in this time within the context of the people that I know so that I would serve them humbly in love. So how do I serve these people? Now, this list is going to grow a little bit. But th- th- once again, these, these, some of these people should be obvious. The people that you're sacrificing for, the people that you are giving your life for. Now, don't just add the easy people. And you're like, there's nobody easy on my list, Pastor Brent. Um, don't just add the people that, once again, are, are, are just in, okay, this is my, you know, my nuclear family. This is my group. These are my, these are my people. But there's also some people that you know that are a little bit hard to deal with. Can you think of them? They're, you know, it's just, it's a little bit sandpaper. They're, they're a little bit of sandpaper in your life. Do you know that, that person is in your life so that you can love them too? I mean, it's easy to love your mom. Do you know what I'm saying? That's an easy one. But it's, it's going beyond that. It's going beyond, oh, there, there's actually some difficult people. Who are the difficult people? Who are the people that it's a little bit of a stretch? To, you know, it's like, uh, I love them. Not sure if I like them. Those people. Add those people to your list. So how are we going to love these people? How are we going to love these people that this growing list here that I have? The first thing that we're going to do, and a lot of these have to do with words today, is that we're going to pray for the people on our list. This is the first thing that we're going to do. 
Because once again, on this list, we, we talked about, you know, people that are close to us and the people that we love and know, and then there's some difficult people. It's very easy just to talk about those people, right? And to express to others what's wrong with the group that I have surrounding me. It's very easy just to talk about them. But how many of you know that doesn't actually solve any problems? And one of the things that we need to do is, is instead of wasting our words talking about people, we actually need to talk to God about people. We need to pray for people. And if you're thinking, I'm not sure how to pray for somebody. Well, there's a couple of prayers uh, found in a couple of different places in the scripture. They're called the epistle prayers. Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, Colossians 1. Now, I'm just going to read one this morning and show you how that you can pray for some people on your list. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, that says this. Paul, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. So he's starting to pray for the church. And what we can do with these prayers is that, that we can insert the people's names from our list into these prayers. Let me show you how we would do it. I have not stopped giving thanks for John. Is there a John in the room today? Maybe a John or two. I'm praying for you this morning. I have not stopped giving thanks for John, remembering John in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give John the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that John may know him better. How many of you think that's more worth your words than complaining about John? Now, if your husband's name is John, you're, you're, this is great for you today. See, because what is John's problem and what is my problem? That we're not as Christ-like as we should be. And what the prayer is saying, that they would know God better. They would actually move closer to God. And when we move closer to God, we become more and more Christ-like. And that's what everybody needs. They don't necessarily need our opinions to other people. Wasting my words, what should I do? Well, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for these people on my list. I'm going to pray for the people on my list. Now, here's someone else that we can pray for. We kind of talked about this a little bit in week one, and we mentioned it here today. That there is actually some people from your past that there's a lot of pain involved when we think about that person. And, and they've betrayed us and they've hurt us. They've damaged us. And it's very easy to tell that story because we can tell that story from a place of pain. But God doesn't want us to live in that place. And how are we going to solve this problem as it relates to this person? Because here's the reality with some of those relationships that we have from the past, we are never going to be in a relationship with those people again. The, the break is so severe. The things have been so difficult. You just know, it's just like, I love them, but I need to love them from afar, from way afar. What do we deal? How do we deal with situations like that? Matthew chapter five, verse 43 says this, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. 
One of the ways that we can become more like God is to pray for people that have come against us. Now, I know this isn't easy because I've done it. And like I've said before, you know, at, at the beginning, when you're feeling that pain, when you're close to the situation, the only prayer that you can muster, there's not a lot of passion. It pretty much goes like this. God bless them if you can. In Jesus name. Amen. That's pretty much all you got. But what he's saying to us here that we don't don't hate our enemy. Why? Because the hate ends up hurting you. And here's the reality about somebody that's actually hurt you. You want that person to stop hurting people. So what do we need to do? We need to pray for them. Because in the end, if they go around, keep doing those things, it's not going to be good for them in the end. And so what would we do? Instead of holding that thought and, and just being angry and telling that angry story to people, I'm just going to go to God and I'm going to pray for them. Praying for them helps you to say goodbye to the pain. So we're loving these people, the people that we're close to and that it's easy to love. And then Jesus also helps us to love for the, to have love for the people that it's hard to love, that we don't actually want to love. But it's good for us. It's good for us to have that person on your list. Now, if you don't want to write their name down, you just want to write their initials, that's fine. But God wants you to pray for that person. He doesn't want you to hate that person. Because that hate will eat you alive. And it's better just to pray for them. The other way that we can love the people on our list is the words that we say to them. The words that we say to people is a way for us to express God's love to them. And it goes beyond just, I love you. I love you is good. And you need to say that if the... If the home that you grew up in, your parents didn't tell you, I love you, don't repeat that with your kids. Tell your kids you love them a lot. Tell your spouse you love them a lot. But it goes beyond that. It goes beyond just saying, I love you. That, that our words, the words that we speak to people can be so powerful. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, therefore encourage one another. And build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. What are we supposed to do with our words? We're supposed to build each other up. Now, there maybe could be someone else that you could add to the list right now. Who is it that you are supposed to encourage? Who's someone in your life that you know, or whatever context you can think about, that just needs some encouragement? You know, we're, we're singing there about the Holy Spirit breathing in us and speaking to us. Do you ever have those moments in life where you're thinking about someone that you haven't thought about in four or five years? Maybe an old friend, family member or something. Well, what are we supposed to do with those thoughts? It's like, oh, I wonder what they're doing. I don't know. Never mind. Well, the first thing that we could do is we could pray for them. Someone shows up on our list, in our mind, in our heart. How are we going to love them? Well, we're going to pray for them. And then maybe we could encourage them. Shoot them a text, call them and say, hey, just want to let you know I was thinking about you. I love you. Whatever, whatever you would want to say to them to build them up and to encourage them. Because we all know that words make a difference in our life. 
And if words can make a difference for me, words coming from me to somebody else could really lift somebody up, could encourage somebody, build somebody up. This is what God wants us to do. This is how God wants us to love the people on our list. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Comparison, comparing two different ways to use our words. Now, I, I, I can actually do the first one really well. And anyone else wants to admit that. You can take the words, you can like jam it in the ribcage and then twist with your words. It can be harsh. We can hurt somebody. Or, or, or what could we do? But the tongue of the wise brings healing. So maybe there's somebody else that you can add to your list. Who's somebody that you know that needs healing? Your words can make a difference in their life. Why? Because... God wants to love them through you. Look at your list again. Don't look at me. Look at your list. You should have written somebody down by now. God wants you to love them. His love for them needs to come through you. We're going to pray for them. We're going to say some things to them. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 10. For this reason, I write these things while I'm away from you, that when I, came, I, when I come, I may not have to be severe in the use of my authority that the Lord has given me for building up and not for tearing down. Who do you have authority over? It's a, it's a very broad category. Who do you have authority over that your words are, are very meaningful to that person? So what do we need to do if we have authority over somebody? This is true in the home. It's true in the job. How should we use our words? We we want to build somebody up. We don't want to tear them down. We also need to see ourselves as mentors for somebody else. Now, this is true for everybody, every age in this room. Because there's somebody coming after you. If you're a teenager in here today, if you're in high school, there's somebody in junior high that you know. And there's something that you know about junior high being in high school now that you can help somebody with. And if you're in university now, there's somebody in high school that you can help that person with high school and you can help them to choose a major and you can help them with a thousand things. And you can help them to not date that girl in grade 11. And then there's people who have just graduated university that are, you know, somebody in university that you can be a mentor to that person, that you can help somebody at a previous stage of life. If you are, uh, you've been married for a while, you can look and find a newlywed. Why? There's always somebody coming after you that you can help and that you can use your words to love that person. Moms. You, you can find if you're, you know, come through the diaper stage or whatever the case may be, and you see a pregnant woman in the church, it would be a great thing to go over and to encourage her. Why? Because she's got life change coming. Can I get an amen? And what will be good 
to love them. God wants to use you to love people. And the words you say can make all of the difference. The Apostle Paul writes this to Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 2 says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying to Timothy in the context of the church, teach people who will then teach others. And so if we do this, if we have a whole church full of people doing this about somebody who's younger than them and coming after them and has less business experience than you, and then you can reach out and you can love somebody, they're going to know that your words made a difference in their life and then they are going to do the same. And then it just becomes a whole system of good. A whole system of good, encouraging words that build each other up. Why? Because God wants us to love each other. He wants us to have a vision to love the people on our list. He wants us to move in that direction. God, what do you, what do you want me to know, God? Um, I want you to love people because I sent my son to die for them. So I want my love to move through you. To who? People on your list. God wants us to have a vision. Not just, not just people. These people. The people that are in your life. And then the last thing we're going to look at this morning... Another aspect of words. We're going to love people with the words that we embody. The, the scripture talks about Jesus says when the word became flesh. And this is moving us from just the idea of love and just the words that, that say I love you. To the, and I'm, I'm loving people with my life. That the people on my list, not only am I praying for them, and then I'm encouraging them, but then I'm actually sacrificing my life for the people on this list. I'm giving my life for them. My attention, my time, my resources, my thoughts. Not in a, a haphazard way, but I, I've got a vision. I, I see who God wants me to love. And then the word of God, the thoughts of God become powerful when they just become a part of us. And then I, and I'm choosing to serve and to love people on my list. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 says this. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continue offered to God a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. That God wants you to sacrifice your life in the best sense of that word for others. 
starting from the top of your list all the way down through. And there's a wonderful connection that we see in the scripture, uh, the fruit of our lips giving thanks, that, that I have this relationship with God, talking about this vertical dimension, that I have this relationship with God. And then he says, and not just that. See, many people, their relationship with God is just that. I, I just want to come in on a Sunday and, and I just want to sing. So I'm, I'm going to come a, a little bit late and then I'm going to leave a little bit early because I just don't want to deal with people. You know what I mean? I just want to love God. But the writer does a genius move here. Add the fruit of my lips giving thanks. I'm going to honor God. And what are we going to do? I'm going to do good and share with others for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. So we have this vertical dimension of our relationship with God and then the horizontal dimension which is talking about relationships with people. And now if we can get sick with either one of these, if we just do the vertical and ignore people, we just get selfish. And if we just do the horizontal and never receive from the source of love, we can't love the people on the horizontal without the love of God. We need both. We need this wonderful relationship with God that I'm giving love to him and he's pouring out love on me so that in the horizontal, I can love the people on my list. And this is, he wants us to, to sacrifice our lives, to give our lives for the people on the list. And listen, people, this is where we find a life of significance. This is way deeper than happiness. I mean, it's way more profound. Well, I just want to be happy. Listen, if you start doing this, you will experience something deeper than happiness. You will experience joy and significance that you could never imagine. Taking the love that God has poured out on you and serving somebody else with it. Giving it to somebody else. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We can't give up on love. We can't give up on loving the people on our list, as imperfect as they all are, including you and me. We can't give up on loving these people. once again, it's very, we can become weary of it. Especially those people at the top of our list, the ones that we know the best, the one whose faults we are very aware of. God doesn't want us to give up. God wants us to keep loving them. Because he talks about a harvest, that we reap a harvest when we choose to love. We reap a harvest when we choose to do good. Don't let it go. Don't let go of love. It is the purpose of your life as it relates to people. Last verse. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Above all, love each other deeply, not, not surface, 
not, not service, not just giving lip service to love. Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And everybody on our list and the person that wrote the list needs mercy and needs the people in their lives to do what? Cover over a multitude of sins, not make it explicit, not write it on Facebook. That we're going to love each other deeply. We're going to be overlooking all of the issues that we have and all of our shortcomings. And that we're going to give our lives. We're going to, we're going to pray for them and we're going to encourage them. And then we're going to embody the love and goodness of God. And we're going to choose to serve and love people. And how are we going to do it? We're going to do it deeply. What does that mean? It means a committed love. It means a faithful love. It's the type of love that says, I don't need you to be perfect for me to love you. It is the same love that God gives to us. And that his love is unconditional. And he just pours it out on us so that we can love the people on our list. Let's just pray this morning. God, we are so thankful for your word today. We're so thankful, Lord, for the vision that you give to us, how we should live our lives. And God, we just take a moment to think about the people on our list. How is it that we can make the time to pray for them? And what are the words that I need to say to the people in my life? And what are the ways that I I can serve the people in a practical sense in my life? And who is coming after me that I can encourage? Lord, I'll, I'll take that vision that you have for my life, for the people that you want me to love. And I will run with that vision. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.